But no matter what we do, God has created us male and female. And no matter what we decide to do with the external physiological pieces of masculinity and femininity, or no matter what kind of hormones we try to pump into our bodies, we will carry that into eternity as God's created image bearers. And that's not going to change just because you diddled with it down here on earth. Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast, where if the shoe fits, you wear it. And if the truth hurts, you bear it. I am Justin Gruber. And I am Jesse Gruber. And today we hope you will seize the faith. Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast. We've reached episode 61. You're joining with us now, and it's live for us, and it'll be live for you when you listen to it. So this is like recording live. Hopefully, we both are alive by the time you're listening to this. Awake and alive. John Cooper. I'm awake. No, I'm no. alive. No, no. I shouldn't have done it. I, I apologize <laughs> to everyone. We're entitling this episode T, the letter T in quotes, Time with Karl Marx. Now, I'm told tea time is when you share the hot gossip, but I'm also goss. slightly concerned that it might be a term used in the drag queen scene. Jesse, you want to talk about that? Uh, about the drag queen scene? <laughs> about your usage of the word tea as the kids use it? It's what the kids say. They're like, give me the tea. So you sit down and, sit down and you have tea. So but I handed them a Nestle and they're like, what is this? I'm like, you wanted some tea. And they're like, no, it's just when we talk about gossip. Yeah. Anyway, tea time with Karl Marx. And that's because <laughs> that's because we're going to talk about how men are still beating women in sports. We're going to talk about how the Alphabet Mafia has infiltrated schools and also how the Alphabet Mafia has inf- infiltrated corporate culture and to connect all of that to good old Karl Marx, baby. Karl. You didn't know it, but it's true. Speaking to us from the grave. Oh, man, I wish he would just shut his mouth. You know what? I wish he would show up. I wish he would show up. I got a thing or two to tell him. You got a thing or two to tell him? Yeah, I've got well, to give him some tea. It would have been easy to find him because he was just sitting around not working. Yeah, and very hairy. Yeah, and just taking other people's money. Just with all of his hair. And letting his children die and worshiping Satan. Need I go on? That's enough. All right. Karl Marx was a bad... He was a bad dude. Like Corn Pop. Ask Joe Biden. Corn all right. Pop was a bad dude. <laughs> so we're going to get into a little cultural tit... tit, tit <laughs> pun intended. We're going to get into a little cultural tit for tat here. <laughs> As we talk about uh, the sexual revolution and how it is creeping ever so much more and more. And how ultimately it's connected to Karl Marx and uh, trying to infiltrate, infiltrate culture. Uh, basically forming a new proletariat and bourgeoisie uh, in which the proletariat uh, is the alphabet mafia and the bourgeoisie is anyone who has a rational thought. So, <laughs> definitely going to step Are on Are you some, down with the system? We're going to step on some toes here this evening. It's going to be uh, great. It also starts with T. Oh, there's so many T's. All right, so start us, to kick us off, if you haven't heard the story, uh, this, this recent news, uh, the NCAA had their National Invitational uh, Championships uh, for Women's Swimming. Well, for men swimming as well, but focusing on the women's swimming, although the men's although swimming comes, also kind of comes into swimming. play. Uh, oh man, Leah! What a clown word! Leah, a joke. Sorry, formerly William Thomas. Uh, you could say he ran away, but he more like swam away with the five hundred meter freestyle. <laughs> uh, just kind of swam away with it. Um, and uh, and this this is just one of these things where. Uh, Apparently, men make the best women, I guess, is just what we're saying. Um, wow. Uh, how, how very sexist? I know. Is it, though? I don't it's know. so confusing. Um, I, I just, we all need to get on board here with something really quick. If if this continues, uh, there there's no, there's effectively no category for women. There's no reason. Because what you don't see is a lot of men, ex- women transitioning to male and excelling at being a man. So, 
there's a concern. I have a concern. The, the sports thing is ridiculous. It hurts my head. And I just think that when you see a man beating a woman, you should step in and stop the man from beating a woman uh, because beating women is not okay. I agree. Yeah. This is, it, it's, it is so absurd. And for the record, if you haven't called this already. You mean like the swimming record that uh, William, <laughs> w- William Leah Thomas just For, Formerly William, yes. Uh, no, I mean, I just wanted to preface this that, uh, well, with, with the T's, it, everything gets so confusing with uh, with pronouns, and it is going to be our uh, purpose and goal because we like to, uh, as often as we can in this uh, mortal and fallible body, to agree with God according to what he says. Uh, Leah Thomas is a man, and that's God also knows that he is a man. And so we will be using male pronouns. Yeah, it's important for the man. It's important to identify something. Uh, no Men and women. <laughs> yes, that too. But no matter what we do, um, God has created us male and female. And no matter what we decide to do with the external uh, physiological pieces of masculinity and femininity, or no matter what kind of hormones we try to pump into our bodies, uh, we will carry that into uh, into eternity as as God's created image bearers, and that's not going to change just because you diddled with it down here on Earth. So we need to be it's 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 not mutable. It's what God has made, He has made. <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like your wealth. You can't you can't take it with you. <laughs> <laughs> but I got all that surgery. I can't take it with me. This is ridiculous. Um, Oh, no. And I also want to be sensitive to something else. I really, what makes this so vile and disgusting to me is that it is so incredibly unloving to every person that is involved at every level. It is unloving to let someone war against their created person and and not help them and tell them this is not okay. You are harming yourself. And it is also wrong to allow that person then to inflict harm on others by not letting others compete and perform as the person God made them to the best of their ability in a fair, competent way. It's just unloving to let people lie and then let that lie fester and approve it and 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 codify it into sport law and regular law and corporate law and education law. It's it's just it's so it's despicable, and God is not pleased. God is not pleased, and he is, he is mocked, and by this, by this, and uh, well, we know that God doesn't tolerate that either. It's it is oh man, there's so much to say. This is such a huge, it's such a huge topic. Yes, yeah, so I just want to. We're just just the letter. T. We're just going to glance. Kind of, we're just glancing on this. Okay, tis a glancing. If you, ha- if you miss tis that, a glancing blow. If you miss that news, which I don't know how, but l- we'll just inform you that. that what do you live in Canada? Formerly William, formerly William Thomas, now Leah Thomas, um, won the women's competition for the five hundred meter free five hundred meter freestyle at the national NCAA championships in swimming for women. Even though, by all objective standards. I'm just saying, dude had an extra rudder in the water, and I don't think I don't think it's okay. I think it's wrong. I think it's wrong what we did, what we allowed to happen, and that people are actually affirming it and not saying that it's not it's not right. So yeah, well, I mean, I mean, to be to be fair, to be fair, I think that the crowd general general generally understood that to be wrong. I mean, if you look at the reaction from the crowd, there were protests outside. I mean, and just look at the pictures from the podium. I mean, yeah, but not on the media. I mean, the crowd is, of course, the crowds, of course, the crowd is visibly. That's because their daughters are swimming in the pool next to him. 
that's what's that's the problem. Right. Why did they cheer for the girl and not cheer for him when they gave out the medals? It's because it's, their cause daughters are the women swim meet. <laughs> yeah, it, their daughters are the ones who had to compete against him in different events. And it's that's that's why. It's disgusting. But but when we're applauding it in in mainstream media as if it should be something to be applauded. I mean, it like I have a question. I have an interesting question. I haven't thought about this. What kind of I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't want to. I don't want to come on too strong about this because I literally just thought about it. But what kind of man allows his daughter to change in a changing room with a biological man? You. I don't think you want me to answer that question on a recorded episode of the Carpe Fide podcast. Probably not. We probably have to put a disclaimer out. Yeah, Although, we would. Honestly, we probably should already. We have to. <laughs> there we probably need to be a fainting goat on top of this episode because yeah. let me tell you that kind of that the man that allows that to happen. Is not a man that's caring well for his daughter or protecting her. That's for sure. Mm. So that man needs to grow. That that man, <laughs> that man. <laughs> yeah, all right, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. The man needs to do more than hold signs up outside the outside the room. Yeah, all I'm saying is these are these are all these are all cultural keystones that we're identifying as we're going to move towards Karl Marx. Although I can't mention education without Jesse mentioning Karl Marx, so we're going to mention Karl Marx early and then have to talk about this a little more later. <sighs> Jesse, with your education you, quotes. No, you literally, you literally put in the outline in education. So I mean, like, yeah, but this is all to talk to him about it to get to Karl Marx. Like, he's actually the the root cause of all these. Oh, things. so you know what? We're just going to talk about. We'll talk about education last, and we'll move right into Karl Marx. Good. Uh, yeah, great. Sounds Boom. Great. Um, so the next thing I love talking about education. The next two things kind of tie together. Uh, another cultural keystone that's kind of happening right now. Um, uh, is that in Florida they have passed um, some legislation um, that has all right so they have they have a bill that they have now passed called the parental rights in education um, and this bill you may have heard it in mainstream media uh, touted as the don't say gay bill uh, however that is not what the bill is about at all it actually has nothing to do with not saying gay um, unless are, are you kidding me are you <laughs> you mean to tell me that these people are calling it a don't say gay bill, but it's not a don't say gay bill? That's uh, that's exactly what I'm saying. Kind of like they let a man compete in women's sports, but is not actually a woman. <laughs> you know, it's just like that. Actually, it's it's. Oh, absolutely... I, did I connect the dots far too early on that? I just I, don't I apologize. think. You, well, it, the the reality of the bill is uh, all, literally all the bill is is highlighting is that. Um, Children from pre-K to, uh, I believe, third third grade, which is nine years old. So you're talking about from four to nine uh, in the classroom uh, should have no, literally no, no, I was going to say exposition, but that's not correct. They should not be exposed in any way um, to uh, sexual education in its various ridiculous forms that we are now forcing upon children. Uh, so the teachers should not, it, it, there's no, re- and here's the reality. There's no reason for children to know anything about what their teacher's doing sexually or, or who they're married to. It, it's not, it's not necessary. What type of activism they're involved in. Right. What kind of flag they want to wave. It's not, it's not, it's actually not part, doesn't need to be part of the classroom at all. A nine year old does not need to know the biological processes involved in the reproduction of a human being. They do not need to know that they are, 
Nine. Yeah, someone should tell our governor that. N- nine. Go back and listen to episode 001 of yeah. the Carpe Fide podcast. And then you can listen to 002. Uh, they both had to do with education. We kind of nailed that real early on. <laughs> and once you're finished with two, you know what? Why don't you just go and listen to <laughs> 003? Just keep clicking and clicking. We got some great history back there. Anyway. Um, but that's all the bill is. The bill is basically saying uh, children from the ages of four to nine probably don't need to be educated on sex, so we're not going to do that. Um, it's, it's literally the parents that are going to have the responsibility about what and when children need to learn those types of things and we're not going to be forcing it on kindergartners whoa <sighs> yeah i funny story i don't i don't think i actually told you this um Uh-oh. I, I was scrolling on my facebook news feed which is always a bad idea um but uh it, it's funny because the more i interact with like you know our, our wicked corrupt rulers um like facebook thinks that i want to see more of their posts but really but really i don't um but boy they keep feeding them to me and just gotta can't stop typing so um but yeah i was, I was scrolling and then uh, i came across uh, one of my uh colleagues uh posts about well it was a picture of florida but instead of you know there being a, just a solid block for florida it had had the word gay written like a bajillion times to make the shape of florida and ironically i had had known about the bill but i uh didn't really i was like why why does she think that Florida's gay? Like what? <laughs> I actually didn't understand until, uh, you know, like much later. And when I think what I was talking to you, it's just like, Oh, it's because she thinks that it's a don't say gay bill, but it's not a don't say gay bill. So she's just wrong. She's ill-informed. Own, she's owning the cons by making Florida with the word gay. When you try to own the cons by not understanding the basic, <laughs> it work at all. the basic actual content of what's being discussed, you just, tend to own yourself yeah. kind of like jesse smollett it's true <laughs> you are your own worst enemy poor man's locked in prison with his attacker <laughs> it's awful all right all right now we're not going there um anyway this uh this bill passed in florida and um what it did is it sparked tremendous controversy in uh in the disney corporation and i'm going somewhere with this so this is to highlight the uh, uh the alphabet mafia's weight and influence uh, on the uh, corporate uh, corporate polity. Uh, so this bill in Florida gets passed, and Florida is the home of Disney World, a magical place that doesn't need to have anything to do with uh, what your sexual preference is, ironically. <laughs> so uh, one of the things... <laughs> no I, way! Yeah. I always scream my pronouns as I enter the park. Yeah, so. whenever I... Wa- when I went on the Tower of Terror, what I didn't need to know if I, is if you were a uh, cisgender female or not. Didn't matter to me, actually, because I was going <laughs> on the Tower of Terror, and I just needed you to leave me alone and stop talking to me about your... <laughs> You weirdos. <laughs> Leave your purple hair over there and calm down. Oh. oh, I'm kidding. Purple hair is totally fine to have. If you like purple, I guess. My wife has had some crazy hair in the past. You just be careful with what you're saying. I said it's fine to have. Jeez. Anyway, uh, the Disney Corporation, uh, <laughs> and I say this, the the a few, some of the employees, and I believe it's something along the lines of a, Ten. Few, a few hundred. No, it's a few hundred out of the tens, ten, tens of thousands of people they employ, <laughs> you know. Um I believe on Twitter that's called being ratioed. <laughs> that's ratio. So they they wrote a letter uh, to the new CEO of Disney and uh, told him that he needed to take a hard stand against this Florida bill um, and that they needed to stop supporting. Uh, turns out Disney gives uh, money to uh, political campaigns. In fact, Republican, Democrat, Independent. Green Tea Party, whatever it is, they give money to lots <laughs> the of the Green Tea Party. <laughs> they give it. They give money to lots of. Uh, political candidates and they found out that you know uh, they had given some to conservative candidates uh, on the Republican side and 
they were very, very angry that they would be supporting someone like uh, this bill and Ron DeSantis and the Republican legislature that's in majority in Florida, and uh, they demanded immediate action. Um, and at first, it seemed like Disney wasn't going to capitulate, and then they did, and they released memos. They even reached out to ESPN, which is a which Disney is the parent company over ESPN and ABC. If you didn't know that, now you know. Uh, to the point where during the halftime, <laughs> it just it just gets me. It just stupid stuff gets me. Um, during the halftime of one of the NCAA uh, women's Sorry, be clear. One of the NCAA women's uh, playoff games, the the March Madness games, <clears throat> uh, they they had a moment of silence during the broadcast. <laughs> they literally, and and they spoke out and they you know said things like you know uh, attack on. Wait, they they had a moment of silence and then they spoke out. Yeah, after the silence. They, oh, uh, they, they they highlighted why they were going to have the moment of silence, you know, uh, in solidarity with their fellow Disney. Uh, corporation employees uh, oh that they were going to have a moment of silence for this horrendous bill, um, and and the the irony is what you see yet again is this small but very vocal uh, alphabet mafia being able to speak up and dictate inside of the corporate polity what must be done, what can be approved, and what cannot be approved, what ideas are acceptable to have inside of the cult the cultural climate, the cultural corporate climate. At Disney, and the last time I checked, Disney's whole existence was to make uh, content for children. Last time I checked, that's pretty much what they did. Pretty much the sum total of what Disney does: family-oriented, children-oriented content. I mean, <laughs> like party-oriented content. Party. <laughs> so, so we see this. So can I just can I just say something? But jump I, in, but buddy. I don't want to. I don't want to hurt your feelings. That's okay. Go ahead. I really wish I hadn't even known any of that existed. <laughs> Once you know it, you can't unknow it. Um, well, and then there's the well. Then there's the whole. Uh, remember what they they were doing with the uh, Buzz Lightyear movie too. Well, that they're doing they're doing that because of these activists right, inside yeah. the So basically, the new the new Buzz Lightyear origin story, which, which I was totally going to watch. Very, yes, but it's very ironic. We've literally so <laughs> follow me here. Toy Story was about the Buzz Lightyear toy, which was a spinoff from a show. Which was a spinoff from a person, and none of them are real. <laughs> you following me there? Oh, like within the universe? Itself? Yeah, within this universe. How crazy is that? How many steps removed are we going back here? Anyway, nice. Lightyear is the origin story of the character that is portrayed as Buzz Lightyear, um, and in it, they're now reinstituting into the movie a uh, kiss between two female characters, a prominently featured kiss between two one main one of the main characters and her lover. So, that'll be a movie to not watch. We'll chalk that right out there with uh, Turning Red, which is ironically a movie. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it alone. So, yeah. neither of those movies. So, when Lightyear comes out, feel free to not watch it. But this is the idea. They're forcing their agenda, what is acceptable, their ideas uh, that are approved, and if those are not upheld, then there will be consequences to pay. Like, what, like what are they going to do? <laughs> like, like what, 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 are, what are the L's and the G's? Like, what are they going to do to you? <laughs> they're going to they're going to make Disney look like evil bigots. Well, they already look like that because they just put a kiss in for me. <laughs> you know, did you see what I did there? Uh, I saw I, what you I did just, there. I just flipped the script there. Yeah. Well, the problem is you can't. You know what? 
you know what? I'm going to go too deep down this. Now they're bigoted against normies. You want a really good deep dive around that? Let me deep dive here. Are you gonna, is it going to make me more angry? <clears throat> the literal quote from one of the female ESPN commentators at the NCAA. Yes. By the way, just to be clear, no one was watching. No one was watching anyway. Okay, I, I've seen the attendance. There's two. There's like two teams in the NCAA women's March Madness that there's any attendance at the courts. Okay, and and that's because they're the the powerhouses. It's not like the men's. It's not like where there's like oh look, there's going to be in like a tremendous like maybe like three, four, maybe eight upsets in this tournament. It's not how it works in the women's. There's good there's good women's teams and there's bad women's teams. I believe the score at halftime of the game that they actually interrupted for their moment of silence was forty four to four. At halftime. <laughs> yes. Literally. Ironically, I believe it was. Uh, oh, man. It was a historical black college that had four points versus South Carolina, which had 44. It was very sad. It's a very sad score. That's not a game. That's not a contest. You've scored two baskets in a whole in a whole half of a, of a basketball game. Anyway, it's neither here nor there. I actually didn't even know that women's sports did the whole March Madness thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do it. I mean, you know, because they're supposed to have equality or oh, also right, yeah. or also just wait until the men start taking over that sport. <clears throat> so anyway, the irony here is one of the lines she said was, right, because an attack against anyone's human rights is attack against all human rights, which I believe is actually was a, a quote from Martin Luther King back when, you know, they were actually talking about like objective human rights, <laughs> equality on some type of objective but scale. But she did that on ESPN, which I had, didn't see, you know, them mentioning the Uyghurs that over in China at oh. all. Although China seems to have them by the short and curlies, don't they? Oh, but we're not going to mention about the human rights violations going on in China because we rely on them for their money in sports. What episode? Disgusting. What episode was that that we talked about that? Uh, China's which part? We've talked about China a couple times. No, like we played the clip of the dude where it was like, like where he was like. Uh, oh, that was. Oh no, that wasn't. We weren't even talking about it. It just came up. Uh, Chamat. Uh, Chamat. Um, I, I'm not going to make a, a a comment that'll sound racist because I'm going to say his name. <laughs> He's got an Indian last an Indianish last name, and I'm going to butcher it. and It's not going to be fair. Um, but we did mention him. Yes, he's connected to the Golden State Warriors. He has a partial owner of the Golden State Warriors. And basically, oh, the Chinese Olympic Games. Yeah, that, that was yep, that was episode the fifty five. Yep, episode fifty five. There you go. Um, but anyway, that's just that was just ironic for her to say because they don't care about human rights when, it, when, it, when as long as it's helping their bottom line. Uh, but here where they can virtue signal to no one because no one's watching. In fact, literally, I think the amount of people that would download this podcast will be more people than were actively watching that show at that time. We have now given them more coverage just in our awesome podcast <laughs> than they had actively live when it was going on. Anyway, let's see here or there. This is how the Alphabet Mafia infiltrates the uh, the corporate polity. So now our companies are being taken over by this mindset. All right, so we've talked about sports. We've now connected it to corporate polity and Disney and then all the way down from Disney to ABC to ESPN because they're all owned by the same company. Uh, and now let's talk about how the uh, Alphabet Mafia is infiltrating education. This is Jesse's. Oh, this is Jesse's been chomping at the bit for this. This is his wheelhouse. So we'll connect this last topic, all right, directly to education because in Florida, the bill was called the Parental Rights Act in Education. It was literally to give parents the right to make sure their 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 four to nine year olds don't have to be indoctrinated into some sort of sexual orientation seminar at school, which seems reasonable. But why? Why do we even have to put that into school? It shouldn't be in school anyway. Is it because the education system in America is completely corrupted thoroughly all the way through? 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I mean, I, I, we've we've done we've done an episode on what every Christian needs to know about social justice. So we we don't have to go into that. But that that is a fantastic book written by uh, Jeffrey Johnson. One hundred percent recommend that. Um, and it we still hold out hope that one day we might get Jeffrey Johnson on to talk about that book. Yeah. On that, if we do, I'm just going to call him JJ the whole time. Can I call him JJ the Great? Because that sounds cool. It does. Done. It does. You were saying, um, yeah. So, and and in that in that podcast episode, we we talked about how the primary sources of of this Marxist ideology, this communist ideology, uh, Marx and Engels both wrote extensively on, um, you know, how do how do we start this? And they both understood um, with with utter clarity. Um, that if they were going to make this a thing, it would have to be done um, through education and through the children. Um, Karl Marx's direct quote from him, he says, the education of all children from the moment that they can get along without a mother's care shall be in state institutions. Um, And and that's exactly what we see in, um, even with some of this current administration's policies about expanding public education to um, like daycare settings, I mean, and which arguably is probably a lot younger than what Karl Marx had in mind. Um, so I mean, he would just be you know smiling ear to evil ear um, with with that type of idea. But but they they are one hundred they are one hundred percent right. Um, so uh, John Dunphy. So I mean, if if you guys don't know much about the founding of the of the modern educational system, the modern public educational system, uh, it's really worthwhile to look into. Um, I'll post some links in the show notes to some great articles, kind of just recapping some of it because it's a it's a giant history. Um, but this man named John Dunphy, um, he wrote in a column, um, or in a paper called The Humanist. So if you uh, and it, in an article called A Religion for a New Age. This was written in 1983. Um, here is his quote. He says, I am convinced that the battle for humankind's future must be waged in and won in the public school classroom by teachers who correctly perceive their role as the proselytizers of a new faith, a religion of humanity that recognizes and respects the spark of what theologians call divinity in every human being. These teachers must embody the same selfless dedication as the most rabid fundamentalist preachers, for they will be ministers of another sort, utilizing a classroom instead of a pulpit to convey humanist values in whatever subject they teach, regardless of the education level, preschool, daycare, or large state university. The classroom must and will become an arena of conflict between the old and the new, the rotting corpse of Christianity together with all its adjacent evils and misery and the new faith of humanism, resplendent with its promise of a world in which the never-realized Christian ideal of love thy neighbor will finally be achieved. Which... Uh, Chilling, really. <laughs> it, it, it is. It really is. And the stupid thing is, is that people don't realize that they say all of this stuff out loud. <laughs> you, you, like, it's, it's right there. It's right there. Every modern critical theory and intersectional coalition today knows that they need to capture the hearts, souls, and minds of children. But and and for Christian and to capture Christian children in particular, that's why they start so young. 
But why, why are we tolerating this? Why are Christians so complacent when it comes to areas of education, things that God has clearly communicated to us about in his word? Um, why are we so complacent to allow people like John Dunphy um, raising up a whole generation of educators and educational policies and curriculum specifically to cast off what he calls the rotting corpse of Christianity, which we know he is just simply mistaken as to the state and role of Christianity in the history of the world. Um, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Um, but I mean, like we, we, we just go along with that. The, the education is not a neutral endeavor. Education is war. Um, just like, just like everything else. Um, it seems like we've just waved the white flag, um, culturally as Christians in this regard. But I say nay, we have not waved the right fl- white flag. I say we had, but uh, that hill that hill has not been taken because Christ is king. That's what I say. I say take it back. I say take it all back. What do you say? Uh, I yeah no definitely one hundred percent all back. Well, first we're going to start by burning it down and then take it back. <laughs> figuratively, figuratively, we're telling no one to go out and burn it. That's yeah, not de- what we're saying. Decreation or recreation language is great. Um, a, a guy named a guy named Gordon Clark. Uh, he, he rightly says he says a school system that ignores God. T- talking about the myth of uh, of neutrality in education, he says the school system that ignores God teaches its pupils to ignore God, and this is not neutrality. It is the worst form of antagonism, for it judges God to be unimportant and irrelevant in human affairs. This is atheism. Public school is not neutral. Public school. Uh, indoctrinate your children through the curriculum, not through the teachers necessarily. It is through the curriculum, and that curriculum is controlled by state and government entities that are based off of humanistic worldview uh, values, and those are anti-God, obviously. If you haven't figured that one out, go back and listen five minutes ago, and maybe you'll catch it again. 100%. 100%. I think, and, and in hearing these, right, uh, the fact that the fact that there needs to be a law passed that would would say, hey, we probably shouldn't teach six year olds about, you know, gender fluidity, um, you know, intercourse, sexual relationships, uh, perhaps perhaps, you know, what? they might we might be really good if we could get the six year olds to uh, identify nouns, like use the English language, maybe count it you know, a hundred, there's probably like lots of good things we could do there and probably we don't need to do, do this. The fact that we're, we're trying to pass bills and laws to, to affirm that is, is a level of insanity, but there's a reason there's all of this. I, this is connected to a reason from, from the swimmer formerly known as William Thomas, right. To, to Disney pushing back against a state law that has, that, that will not affect their company in any way. Uh, that's an educate. That's literally focused on on education and not indoctrinating kids in things that they should not be indoctrinated in. Uh, to to the education system itself having to be to be protected, having to having to make something to protect children uh, from being indoctrinated into progressive sexual ideology. These are all connected, right? And I believe we can point we can take two two big strong pointer fingers. And point him right at Karl Marx. There he is. That guy right there. And I will point to Karl Marx as I point through 
Antonio Gramsci. Because it was Antonio Gramsci himself who highlighted the fact that classical Marxism was having problems gaining any traction in real ways in a global movement. And from prison, yes, prison, where he died in 1937, then why, why, why we then published his prison letters into book format in the 50s, I will not know. (laughs) Because he was a saint, just like John Bunyan. If John Bunyan could do it, he could too. Not even close. (laughs) Anyway, why we did that was a clear mistake. But in his prison letters from prison, he talks about taking the idea of the classical Marxism, as promoted by one Karl Marx himself in his Communist Manifesto, and pulling that into a more cultural Marxism. That is, to take the long march right through the culture by using the robes of society. Those people that would wear robes, literally cultural influencers that had power, people that were like politicians and judges and professors and pastors, How all of these... Influencers, are those like the kids on TikTok? No, but I mean, yes, but like <laughs> it's the same idea, but back then they didn't have TikTok, so they just like had like power Red books and judges stuff. and yeah, politicians yeah, yeah. and you know they Got had it. sermons and lectures you know they gave speeches and they made rulings and laws so so that was his goal to establish it in the culture and in to do that you have to still keep the same principles of establishing a, a proletariat united quote unquote underclass you have to <clears throat> you have to attack the cultural hegemony Right, those cultural power hegemony, well, whatever you want to say, tomato, tomato, potato, potato. So you have to attack (laughs) hegemony, hegemony, hegemony. Is it spelled different? No, it's spelled exactly the same. We're saying the same word. So it's these cultural power centers that you have to take. So you have to set up a proletariat and a bourgeoisie. You have to the the haves and the haves not have nots, right? And in doing that. You create victimhood or victimhoodism, which I know you don't like, but that's the word I use. Oh, there we go. <laughs> right? You have to create this culture of victim, victimhoodism, literally the, the, the study and, and life of living in a victim status, never seeking to not have the victimhood status, um, which is one of the real issues of, of Marxism, generally speaking, whether classical or cultural, is that when does it, it just turns again, right? Don't the haves just, have-nots just become the haves, and then the haves become the have-nots, and yeah. then you have to keep, it's just a vicious cycle of, yeah. of, of horrible evil. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just what evil does. It just perpetuates its own self. Exactly. Well, so what, what, these, what the alphabet mafia is essentially, right? It is essentially... The, the underclass of cultural Marxism imposing its will in the cultural hegemony. Did I say it right that time? Hegemony. Sorry, hegemony. hegemony. It is literally, I'm you've, saying... You've never had a problem saying that word before. Hegemony? It's probably Hegemony. Just, hegemony. <laughs> it's spelled the same way. I'm saying the same word. You're what saying if, I'm pronouncing it wrong. What if I just call, started calling you Justine? Well, there's no e at the end. That would be stupid. <laughs> right. That means that means that letters come in proper order, or pronounced a certain Hege- way. Are Hegemony. they not? Hegemony. Hege- Hegemony. Hegemony. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're not doing this right now. <laughs> You're ruining the whole episode. This is all your fault. <laughs> oh, no, I'm ruining the episode. Oh my gosh. 
the point being that in, by making themselves the underclass, they are the they are the the victim status, and so culture must uh, must be power must be taken back from t- taken back by them from those that have the power. But in this case, we're talking about taking normal truth that has always been truth and taking it away and in putting it in place something that cannot possibly stand and that is because to do so you can get rid of god and at the end of the day all marx ever wanted to do was get rid of god without god he could be god you can be god anyone can be god we must get rid of god yeah and i mean that that's why you see these strands all throughout this this oppressor versus oppressed um, rubric, um, you know, throughout the school system being delivered as a vehicle for these ideologies. Um, you know, these, these ideas that, that are designed to pit their, to pit children, um, against their parents, um, against any form of authority really. And then, then we have, then we have these corporations like, like Disney stepping in and saying, Oh, Florida won't say gay. Well, we will, you know, we'll teach your children about gay stuff because we have to do that now. And, like you know, that's it's these these horrible these horrible ideas are or I'm sorry these this um, oppressor oppressed vehicle just infecting all of these different robes these pillars of our society um, just with this this godless ideology this godless atheistic humanistic ideologies um, and and unfortunately um, I do I I personally I personally believe this okay tell me what you personally I really believe. Do. I'm pretty sure you do too. I personally believe that if 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 the Lord wills that Christian parents regain an understanding of what it means to train up their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, we could effectively, within one generation, gain back much of the lost ground from a cultural perspective. I believe I I. I believe that as well. One, I, one to two generations. Yeah. I, okay. One to two generations. I, I fully believe that, and that it would be because um, the the more conservative religious groups are also having more of the children in our culture, yes. in our particular society, and the less religious, more progressive, either abort or just naturally have less children. When I say naturally, I mean they choose to have less children. Correct. Because or no it, children at all. Because children put a burden on the things you want to do. Children. Yeah. Although, yeah. you know, it's interesting. It, they, yeah, they, they do kind of get in the way of... Yeah, it's know. like, I can't just, I can't just drop Michelle everything. Williams, man. Oh, my gosh. Michelle Williams at the Oscars that year. Just I saying. Can't. It was so was really bad. worth it to she, kill my baby for this career. And so, you're, like, not even a great actress. Like, yeah, it really wasn't I, worth it. I was like... Because here's the hard thing. When, when she said that, and everybody's saying her name, like, I'm supposed to know who she was. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. Who is she? Right. Well, I guess she was, like, a high school <laughs> like, musical thing no, or something like that. I'm sorry. Who, who are you? Yeah, she, um, she, although she wasn't the greatest showman, and you know what? That's how you can tell if someone's a good actor if they can believe such disgusting things and then act in a family movie that actually has you know fairly interesting, uh, you know, wait, dynamics. Wait, wait, was she the mom? Yeah, she was the mom. Wow, that's ironic. Oh, isn't that terribly so ironic. ironic? How many kids did she kill before she got bro, those two little bro, girls? Bro, 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 <laughs> bro. Oh my gosh! All right, all right, we're we're way off topic here. Um, <laughs> reeling it back in. What they have to set up. Here's a question. This is the question for you. Why would you need to have that education bill, right? Well, the 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 I'm gonna I'm just gonna start referring to them as the proletariat. The proletariat group, right? 
the have-nots, if you will. Although, if you look at the culture, they seem to have most of the power in all of the institutional places. All right? Is saying you have to let the children be exposed to these things in a safe place so that they can have the safety to be whatever they want. And if the parents know, the parents could be abusive. Yeah. Or just, and I'm just throwing this out there. That's what they say. Now, I'm just going to throw an or out there. Or, or two options. The first option, parents are so blatantly disconnected from actually engaging with the responsibility of parenthood that they would not properly even know their child can't doesn't feel like they can talk to them and they would not probably know how to talk to their child if the child actually brought any of these topics up. So one, Ooh. parents, get your crap together. But two, they don't even they can't even talk about it at the dinner table because they ain't eating dinner together. But two sorry, sorry. Right? Is that the parents actually love their children and know their children and would be able to reasonably talk to their child about simple rational thought and allow their child to live in a rational state with good, objectively grounded morals and philosophy so that they would actually be able to rightly identify whether or not God had made them with an ovary or a penis, right? Whoa, it's, it's mind-boggling. And they would actually be able to help their children, not hate their children, not lie to their child, but to be able to help their child understand what their created purpose was. Because all of this wars against the teleos that God has made us with, the true purpose God has made us to be. I don't only have one thing. I only have one thing to say to that second point. What do you have to say to me? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> how, uh, da- how dare you think that parents love their children? From the mouth of Greta Thunberg, oh, who, at, who at that time was also a minor and a child herself. Uh, something tells me she's going to be a child for a very, 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 very long time. Oh, no, time. she's over she's a, she's a 18 now. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah you can, you yeah, can yeah, insult yeah, her yeah, on yeah, YouTube yeah, yeah, now because she's over 18. No, I was just... I'm just kidding. Not that you were insulting her. I'm just saying she's 18. No, I was, I was trying to insult her. I'm oh. saying that her intellect and her understanding of how the world actually works will never mature. I was supposed to be at school, not not boating around the world, yelling at adults, because the world is melting. The adults told me that in six years I will not live anymore, and now I have to not go to school and use carbon fossil fuels to get over to America. Also, everyone that had to sail across the ocean with me was then flown back because it is incredibly inefficient <laughs> to sail across the ocean. And now we are at a... <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> oh, poor Greta. This is, not a gl- this is not a climate change discussion here. Okay, it's not what we're talking about. But how dare I? How dare I, Greta? Let me tell you how I dare because I have kids and I love my kids and I talk with my kids and my kids talk with me. That's how you raise children. That's the whole idea about being a parent is taking responsibility for the small little lives that God has simply allowed you stewardship of. They're actually his. Goodness gracious. Let- how dare you? <laughs> Just let that sit in, right? Let that settle in on us. These are God's little humans. They are his. We are stewards. They are a simply a gift that we are holding responsibility over here 
and our responsibility is to raise them up in the nurture and admonition of their true father, God. Amen. I mean, my goodness, the reason they don't want you to have any conversation, the reason they have robbed you of having the conversation about puberty, about about maturing as a woman and as a young man, the reason they have robbed you about that is because if they can have that conversation, they get to shape it. They get to mold it into their image. They get to set up the victimhood hierarchy. They get to indoctrinate the child and tell them exactly what they could or could not be. Oh, you really like that color turquoise? Maybe it's because you're actually a woman. They want that opportunity, and they want to rob you of having any conversation with your child about it. Mm-hmm. They want to talk about it with your children before you talk about it with your children. And if we don't get away from this paternalistic mentality of allowing the state to be our daddy, the big daddy that pays everything, like Daddy Warbucks, we just come to them and they cut us a check and they do what we want and they help us out, we're going to fast find ourselves slaves shackled to the the giant G in government. Mm. And then the giant T in LGBT. Nice, nice one. Oh man. Yeah, you know what? We, we if we keep sending our kids if we keep sending our kids to the public school, it's gonna be your daughter one day, sir, that's going to be facing a man in these competitions. And it's going to be far, far too late to address that situation then. Truly. Um I mean all of this, uh, all of it just feels grossly right in the victimhood in this victimhood hierarchy, in this victimist culture, victimhoodist culture. This this new proletariat, this new bourgeoisie, although all the cultural and institutional power seems to be only on their side, right? Although although we, in saying these simple, basic, rational truths given to us by God, are the bigots. We're the hateful ones for love for wanting to love people and not let them live in a lie. To to actually let them live in truth. We're the bigots. And the fear, here's the just the disgusting and scary fear, is that if we don't begin to stand boldly on the truth in culture, the next letter that gets added is a P. Right now it's silent. It's a silent P. It's the LGBTQIA plus P. And that P is pedophilia. They've already tried to rebrand pedophilia as minor attracted persons. Maps. We can't call them pedophiles anymore. Because it's in it's a part of them, you see. It's part of them to be attracted to minors. I just, I, I hate, I hate. Ugh. Biology has never dictated morality, right? So, like for instance, quite literally, that is correct. Yeah, yeah. So, so for, for instance, sociopaths, right? So serial killers and stuff. They have biological predispositions for violence inherent in their makeup. And it's an aberration, you know. Are you saying that we should not treat outliers as normative? Uh, yes, yes, I, I do believe that to be true. Well, you know, I just have one thing to say. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm I, already, up. I already closed it up. <laughs> I'm not pulling up. But, 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 uh, but, we, but we still have to convict the serial killer when he goes and murders a family. Like... Like, what are we really saying here? This standard isn't applied to any other area of thing ever. Like, what the heck? Like, if somebody thinks that they're something that they're not, you need to just let them know that they aren't. Like, you don't let someone... All right, so th- think of someone who's battered by the traumas of war, right? Like a, like a soldier or perhaps a, a first responder or an officer, 
you know, having nightmares or gone crazy or, or something like that. You reorient them. You try to calm them down. You help them back towards reality and truth and everything that is good and right with the world. Like, what in the world? You don't let the... up. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I guess you're just <laughs> on the beaches again. Sorry, buddy. Like, just embrace it. It's part of who you are. You don't say that. What no, we heck? lovingly help them and tell them the truth. Oh, my gosh. Another T. <sighs> truth, baby. <laughs> I like that. I like that T, though. Yeah, I like that T. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, we got to start wrapping this thing up. What you got there? Well, I just was going to bring some it. recipes there. No, definitely not. Uh, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just trying to bring this kind of uh, together. This idea that 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 silent P is coming. Um, so we uh, we have a, a new Supreme Court justice nominee. I uh, didn't know if you were, <clears throat> if you were aware of this. Uh, Judge Katanji Brown Jackson. Uh, she is the nominee to fill the fill the vacancy left by uh, one RBG Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who passed away. Um, and in filling that, oh, by, special special note. This is a good note because today I was struck with the reality of remembering to pray for uh, Clarence Thomas, who is recovering from an infection in the hospital. Um, and that is not because he is uh, on the Supreme Court. Uh, it's because he uh, is a has been a very faithful man for truth for a very long time, and uh, that he has served uh, the public very well in that. And we should we should be praying for his speedy recovery. That then triggered my reality today that I started praying for Joe Biden and that he would begin to rule in righteousness and that his health problems that are becoming more evident would be would be helped. It would be, it would be helped in his in his. Uh, more advanced age. Anyway, neither here nor there. Uh, but but uh, <clears throat> Judge Brown um, is a nominee to replace uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Isn't that literally a show? Isn't it like Judge Brown? <laughs> I think Judge Judy. No, I know there's Judge Judy. There might be a Judge Brown. There's actually lots of judge shows because people love to watch contrived drama, stupid contrived drama, and also watch people get yelled at for being stupid. <laughs> people people love that. There's whole... Yeah, judge Joe Brown. There you go. Judge Joe Brown, TV series from 1997 till current. That's been on for a while. Neither here nor there. Well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Judge Katanji Brown uh, has a problem uh, identifying the right sentencing for those people who have been accused of pedophilic issues. Uh, and it's very concerning for me because one of the things we should agree on in society is that someone who takes pictures of small children in sexually uh, compromising positions, distributes them, takes videos, touches, sexually abuses, and assaults small children uh, should be condemned. Jailed and never let out? Uh, that would be the kind thing to do, I Hung? think. That sounds more accurate. We th- this is not something that is questionable. This is actually Did you see South Carolina brought back the firing squad because due to a not a bad idea. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, just due to a shortage of like those uh, the lethal injection drugs. Yeah, and they basically said, "Hey, you can." They said, "You can pick your poison." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we shouldn't laugh at that. Uh, well, I. I I mean, the, joke, so, the joke was funny. The joke was, the joke funny. was funny, but it's a sober. It's a sobering thing. It is the, a sobering the, thing. To be confronted. This is a totally separate topic. This is a whole other episode. <laughs> People we should think do we're sometime. monsters. I'm sure by the end of this episode. Um, basically, there were literally uh, there was a, a an 18 year old had distributed, um, just had hundreds of issues, issue, images and footage, uh, and had distributed them about from child pornography. Eight, nine, eleven, twelve year olds. Uh, and it was disgusting and egregious, and I believe federal sentencing guidelines uh, offered for something between 90 and 110 months. 
Uh, Probably should have been years. The defendant in the the defense in that case was seeking a 24 month uh, prison sentence, which is obviously still dramatically reduced from the uh, judicial guidelines. And she actually awarded them a three month, three month prison sentence uh, for literally having, holding, and distributing child pornography of children that were as young as eight years old. And it's something like that that makes me start to question. And there's apparently there's a a new uh, a new <clears throat> what's the word I'm looking for documentary. That's it. Uh, I believe I'm just checking myself. You got to send me that link by the way to that other article. I believe I might get this wrong. Let me see. Yep, there it is. It's on Amazon Prime. It's a uh, I pedophile. It's a Prime Video documentary, and basically, it's it's oh my gosh, it's literally right there. Understanding the mental dis stop it as soon as you decide it's a mental disorder, and we need to understand it. I don't need to understand it other than to say other than to condemn it. That's what that's what I need to do. I need to condemn it. Those people need to. If if they have already committed a crime, they need to face the sentencing of that crime. And if they have not yet, they need immediate medical treatment because it is unacceptable, evil, and an abomination. So one, I would recommend not watching iPedophile. Number two, I would <laughs> also hard reject. I would also one. be looking, be very very careful that that silent P at the end of the plus in the LGBTQIA plus alphabet mafia doesn't start to creep in. Yeah, because you know, you know next month Governor DeSantis is going to sign something against pedophiles, and you know that people are going to lobby for pedos in light year, and we they're going to be like, oh yeah, no, here's sure. the thing, we don't need to sign anything on pedophiles, it's a crime, <laughs> there's nothing that needs to be signed, it's already on the books. I, I know, but, <laughs> it's but just De- a crime. DeSantis would sign something, <laughs> I mean, the, the guy loves signing things, let's be honest. He does love signing things, and most of them are pretty epic, actually. Yeah, they're pretty epic. Um, and yeah, you're right. Disney will, will change it to some sort of the the light year will have to do with some sort of pedophile undertone. I'm sure. Um, all of these things are connected, and they are all trying to undermine God. That's where that's where Karl Marx steps into this. He was an atheist. He had some Satanist ties. He was a lazy good for nothing that let his family die. He was not a good man, and his setting up of a victimhood hierarchy. So that they, so that he could disturb and distort the cultural power, so that he could undermine normal normative behavior, <laughs> is being spread by the alphabet mafia. It's everywhere, and so you, Christian, <laughs> need to, need to pay attention. You need to be on guard. You need to be watching these things. And I would encourage you not to let people live in lies. It is not loving ever to let someone live in a lie. And you are called to love. You are called to speak the truth in love. And sometimes that looks like trying to save someone from running into the street and getting crushed by a car. And sometimes that looks like condescending, getting on one knee and speaking softly. But these people need to know what is true and what is right and what is good. Yeah. When the works of darkness are exposed by the light, Ephesians 5, they lose their power. Amen and amen. So we need to speak the, speak the light, speak the truth. Shed some light. So don't just see these things as progressive sexual ideas. Understand that they come from the exact same place that Karl Marx was coming from. They run through Antonio Gramsci all the way through the robes of culture. They are taking hold, but there is not an ounce of quit or loss 
in the, in the kingdom of Christ. There isn't. There's only victory. So stand and speak boldly the truth. Speak it boldly wherever you find yourself to be. Hmm. And with that good word, I think it's time for us to tell you what you need to do. And what you need to do is seize the faith. faith.